Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn. War Eagle, thanks for joining us. Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell with you, as always, here to talk about our Tigers. And once again, apologize for no episode last week. Look, you know, grace is needed in this life. You know what I mean? And this time of season in life and in sports is just chaotic. Okay. And Jason and I just can't always make it work, but we try really flipping hard. And so we weren't able to make it work last week, but honestly it worked out because we were able to mentally prepare for what was coming this week. I mean, honestly, (laughs) last week's episode would have been pointless anyway, because nothing really had happened. And this week, everything has happened. So timing actually worked out pretty well. So if you're like us and you've been on the uh, Auburn roller coaster the last 48 hours, have no fear. We are here to talk about it all with you, break it all down as best as we know it, to give you our thoughts as we always do. We're also going to get JKM's thoughts on some basketball as that's in full swing and look ahead to a bowl game that's just a couple weeks away for the Tigers. So a jam-packed episode. we got plenty to talk about, but let's go ahead and get a word in from our sponsor, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You just got to use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to get that 50% welcome bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, even some Vegas casino games. Go ahead and take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season bet online where the game starts all right fam welcome in the man the myth the legend jake ham how you doing jason what's up world hey i can't complain i'm doing pretty good you know just got back from a trip from miami where it was 82 degrees and sunny and uh tropical trees and you know, blue, blue water. So I'm just trying to rub it, rub, rub it in a little bit. Rub it in I know you are. I know bit, a lot of us over here are working really hard end of year Q4, Jason. And look, go ahead. Tell them what it was for now. Cause it's pretty cool. Well, it's for my boy, Ronnie Brown's 40th birthday. I and mean, Spencer, and Spencer Johnson, 40th birthday, born on the same day. We was on the same recruiting visit. That's so wild. Same, we committed at the same time to Auburn and all of us born in December. That's May- crazy. Mayo was born in December. He was on the recruiting visit and he committed the same time. That really is wild. I think that's so cool. I, and I think Auburn fans will love to know that that team, those friendships have lasted a really long time. Right. Yeah. We've been friends. We're more like brothers than we are friends. Like that's I'm running so cool. Godchildren, you know, so my godfather, you know, so at the same time, like we've all been so close. And yeah. even throughout the league and everything. So, you know, we have stories for days. And, <laughs> you know, like I said, that was that what made recruiting fun. Like, I hope yeah. that Auburn this year got a chance to get some guys together on a recruiting visit, especially during our Iron Bowl week. And hopefully guys got together and said, hey, how about we come here together as a pack? You know, right. and like, and do something special. Like, that's, you know, words can't explain, like, what it meant for us. That's so cool. I just love that, you know, some, some teams, you know, are 
incredibly tight knit and and have good rapport and and it's always well documented but to know that that is really just the foundation for like a lifetime friendship like that's that's some cool stuff so uh had to go ahead and get you to share that but I mean, obviously, I'm not vacationing in Miami with, you know, 04 teammates, yeah, but rooftop, though. Look at that. I got a pretty sick setup, everybody. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and say yeah. it. I'm in. Oh, guys, just my life has been so crazy this year, which is a good thing, especially yeah. after 2020 and how slow everything was. I have been busier this football season than probably ever in my life. So I've been in Charlotte working for the Panthers for a couple weeks because they needed someone to help in studio, whatever. Ooh. But I had been in Kansas City, as you all know, working for the Royals. And so I actually am staying uh, in a hotel right now because of full season, just kind of bouncing around all the time. But I am at the AC Hotel in Charlotte. It's in Uptown. I'm right next to the Hornets Arena. And they were kind enough to let me utilize their rooftop. It's, it's a rooftop bar restaurant that anyone can come to. You don't have to be a guest. Hey, but anyway, look at there. Can't have um, money. Taylor bought the bar out. Bought the whole <laughs> bar out. Can't have money. She bought it out to herself. Look at it. Yeah, no, I do what I do. No, they haven't opened yet. <laughs> Not gonna lie. But uh, beautiful setting, beautiful hotel. If you're in the Charlotte area, definitely check out the AC Hotel. It's got everything you need, and the rooftop is fantastic. So, let's go ahead and start with the the big breaking news that we also know for sure, because a lot of this, we're still waiting on official word. We have to preface with that here in media, but the one that is confirmed out there, official statement, done deal, is that Bo Nix has entered the transfer portal. So um, he announced it yesterday on his Instagram that he would be using uh, his grad transfer eligibility to go elsewhere um, and pursue his next endeavor at another school. Now, you and I had actually talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I, I gauged your perspective on what he was going to do. And I thought and still think this kind of confirms my hypothesis I think without the injury, he was planning on going to the NFL. I think he felt like the chapter at Auburn was closed. But I think the way that this season went, and certainly the way it ended, and now on the cusp of still needing to do rehab and all that, you know, kind of awaits him, I think he sees an opportunity for him to have a more consistent showing on a different stage than Auburn. So I... I honestly, I understood it on an individual level. It's no secret that this has been a very up and down career for him at Auburn. And therefore, I don't know what the outside perspective could possibly be of him because you're not getting one thing consistently. So I can't say that it surprised me on an individual level for him. It, it stung more than I thought it would. It kind of reminded me of the Gus situation. Like yeah. you felt like it was for the best. You knew it was coming, but then when it actually happens and you realize that's going to be someone else's quarterback, not Auburn's, it, it does make you a little sad. I don't know. It's, it's just, it stings a little bit, but I, I, I kind of understand, you know? Yeah. Well, Taylor, since you all teary at it over there, you know, I, <laughs> You know, I'm just, I wouldn't I'm go that far, yeah. Jay. I've been hard on the kid. <laughs> I'm used to change, like, you know, being in the yeah, NFL. That's true. And I feel like now the NFL has transformed this way to college, you know, like yeah. where guys leave after the year of free agency and they say, you know, you're playing against that same guy the next year on the, off, on the off opposing team. Mm -hmm. So to me, like, you know, 
with all these NIL deals and different things, you're going to see more of this. And like, it, comes with the, it comes with the territory, unless the NCA gets to a point where they say, hey, if you're going to transfer, you have to transfer out of your division if you want to start and play the next year. If you're going okay. to, if not, you may have to sit out a year. I think right. they may lean towards doing that because they didn't expect so many kids to be going to the transfer portal this quickly. And, uh, and I think the college- And even coach, after success. Right, and after success. And a lot of college coaches are, are now, they're aiming to get them to say, hey, you can't talk to a transfer portal kid until January because they're yeah. trying to focus on getting the JUCO guys, getting the high school guys signed by December, where mm-hmm. they're either going to push signing back to January or sure. they have to push the transfer portal kids back to January. So one of them going to have to move backwards and we'll see which one happened comes this summer when they change the rules. But, you know, the whole bow aspect, like, yeah, uh, yes, he's been through a, a roller coaster at Auburn. You know, he's mm-hmm. had some ups, he's had some downs and, you know, I think a lot of this, to me personally, I think he may have had a sit down with Coach Harson, and it just yeah. got to a point where Coach Harson probably told him, like, hey, you're going to, have to compete for your job next year. And because this is, face it, this was Gus guy. And anytime yeah. a new coach come in, he's not automatically has to buy into what was there before. So, so maybe this is a situation where Gus probably told him, you know, you're going to compete for it. And maybe Bo didn't want to hear that. And maybe he said, well, no, the best thing for us to do is part ways. But then there's another story that comes out yesterday, and it says that Bo's dad, Pat Nitz, went to Coach Harson with a list of things asking him if he could meet these needs. Now, me personally, playing a game of sports and everything, I know you can't do that. Right. Like You can't do that because if you do that, that means you're catering everything to one person and you're leaving out the rest of the team. And when you do mm-hmm. that, you hurt the team. So, right. you know, so as Coach Harson told him, I can't meet these needs, then he pretty much said the right thing because you can't put one player over anybody else right. on the football team. And I think from that aspect, they both probably needed to just say, okay, we're going to go our separate ways. Now, yeah. you know, for Bo, you know, he grew up in Alabama. He grew up in Birmingham area. He, go, he His dad played at Auburn. You know, he got a chance to play at Auburn and, I'm pretty sure he wanted to finish his career at Auburn. Then, you know, things changed. And, yeah. you know, when things change, you either adapt or you move and change. And uh, fortunately, you know, he's just said, hey, I'm going to make a decision to do what's best for me. After reading what I read yesterday, he said, I've always done what's best for Auburn. Now I want to do what's best for me. So it sure. sounds like to me, he's looking at it from a long-term perspective and saying, okay, I don't feel like Auburn's going to help me get to the next level this year. Right, so, right. I'm going to go look for a team that can kind of pers- give me that opportunity to pursue my dream at the next level by putting me in a better situation or having a better opportunity in my mind. So right. I think that's the, that's the aspect he's leaning at. And, you know, there may be a couple of teams interested. He could end up at UCF with his, uh, with coach Gus, who knows? I mean, that's, that's the first kind of knee jerk reaction that everyone had when they heard <laughs> the news. But yeah. what I also think about this is, you know, every year that Bo has had to be, the starter at Auburn he's yes compared to his dad but like that's neither here nor there because of just the time difference but he's always being compared to a worse version of himself we always get on here and talk about is he going to improve from the year before can he get rid of the inconsistency we saw in his sophomore campaign it's always pin like 
putting him up against a bad version of himself and seeing like, can he be better than that? And then if he has a bad game, the first thing we all talk about is, oh, he's reverting back to his old way is like this kid. It's not possible to have a clean slate at this program because he's too far in. There's been three years as a starter. Like that is what it is. I think if he really wants to try and eliminate the narrative that Bo is an inconsistent quarterback, he wasn't going to do it at Auburn because he was still going to be compared to what he did early in his career. And I, that's the nature of college football. I mean, all these players, if they stick to a program that that's possible, but I think he was looking at this going, what I do this next year could be the difference between me having a career in the league and not. And the other aspect of that is like for Bo aspect. So my whole thing is commitment and loyalty. You know, totally. like when I signed a you know college letter of intent to go to Auburn, you know, there's many times that I could have said, hey, you know, I, I could transfer because I didn't like a situation or I didn't like this. But I knew it was all about competing. It didn't matter if it was yeah. in college or if it's going to be in the pros. You always going to have to compete for your job and you're always going to have some highs. You're going to have some lows. But from a mentality standpoint, like I didn't expect anything to come easy because it wasn't easy getting there, you know. So right. but if sometimes if you just continue to just keep sawing wood and just keep moving forward and stop trying to figure everything out, sometimes things has a way of finding you. And, sure. you know, I'm not sure if a lot of this had a lot to do with, okay, Auburn doesn't have an OC yet, you know, and he's probably saying like, okay, I don't know where I fit in. I got to hurry up and make a decision. So let me hurry up and make a decision and, and just say, I'm going to move on so I can start looking elsewhere because we're still looking for an offensive coordinator. So I don't know if that came into the situation, but to me, I think the decision was already made. Uh, we talked about uh, yeah. this towards the end of the end of the season. When TJ was playing in the South Carolina game, he went on to uh, the roundtable show in Birmingham. And they was interviewing him and they was asking him about the upcoming season. And he was just like, well, you know, I can't really answer that because they was asking him, like, will you be here next season? He's like, I can't really answer that because, you know, I'm just working on trying to get my injury right and get healthy. Right then I told you, I said, he's probably leaving. We didn't know if he was going to be leaving, going to the pros or transferring. But I said – Either way, he's leaving. I say because if you're a quarterback of a team and you're already the starter and you're a leader, anytime somebody asks you something like that, immediately you're going to say, yes, I look forward to coming back next year strong and healthy and uh, right. you know, and getting this thing on the right track and finishing out the right way. When you say anything opposite or anything that sounds different than that, then you're telling me that you're already checked out mentally on this program. You're so already true. put your, your sights or somewhere else. And it didn't came true. You know what we talk about. He's his yeah. sights were somewhere else when he got injured. You can tell he was already moving on from Auburn. Yeah. Honestly, every time I talk about transfer situations, I feel like a, a ping pong match myself because I'm, <laughs> I go one way and then I go the other. My point is I don't like it because I think we're feeding into what's already a problem with like society right now. And that's immediate satisfaction. And that's just not a reality in life. And I believe in upholding commitments. I believe in working hard and things just not being given to you immediately. But I do have empathy for the decision that these guys are now being given. When that wasn't an option for you, it's easy to be like, well, you're going to make the most of it. But when you do have that big of a decision and you also have agents, it goes back to a point you always talk about be careful who you're surrounding yourself with because you are going to take in the opinions of others when you're 18 19 20 years old being forced to make a decision that literally could impact 
the trajectory of your career, not only your performance on the field, but this very decision. Like if, if I choose wrong right here, is this going to be the thing I pinpoint as the reason I didn't make it? So I have empathy for them having to like make that decision and having all those options, because sometimes having too many options is more stressful than having none. All right. And that's the thing. I think the NCAA has given these kids too many options. Yes. Like uh, it's an easy way to check out of things like, you know, how are these guys grow? Cause you're not just talking about them being college athletes. Like these going to be grown men and husbands and fathers one day. Like, you know, how do they do when tough times come? Because I always tell people tough times don't last tough people do. So you got to learn how to hurdle the tough times. I was like, if you don't learn how to, Heard of tough times, or you always looking for that next door, or the grass is greener on the other side, and then you get to the other side, you'd be like, dang, I should have stayed where I was at because it was right. already better than where I'm going, but I just wasn't patient enough. Now, exactly, I'm not saying that Bo's making the right decision or wrong decision because it's his decision, it's his decision, he, right? How he feels about it, how his family feels about it, you know, it's clearly like just on, on him and yep. uh, and everything. So, you know, like I said, it's just. And this situation is tough. It's like you said, coaches change, you know, like the difference between him and me is I went through coordinator changes. He went through a head coach change. Yeah. You know? So, you know, with Tuberville was still the head coach, but I had a different coordinator. Now Harson right. comes in, it's a different head coach. He brings in his guys as a coaching staff and maybe you feel like you fit in or you don't fit in. So, you know, him having a chance to, to leave, I think that throws a different wrench in it because of that aspect of it. Like, the continuity there has to be some chemistry between you and your coach as well and sure i'm not sure if they really had that chemistry you know and then all of a sudden mike bobo got fired as well so you know i, I think a lot of reason that 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 nut bow was in there a lot longer earlier in the season when everyone's calling for him to be benched was because mike bobo stood behind him a lot longer and mm-hmm. he was the one that kept speaking up no no keep him in there keep him in there and everything right. you saw him and then you saw him get better but I, I just think from an overall standpoint is just that, you know, it's, it's his ultimate decision. Like I said, we, we talked about this being a thing coming into it. I expect more of this stuff to happen. My whole thing is I feel bad for the coaches because you're not only Golly. having to re- recruit the kids in high school, JUCO transfer portal. you got to recruit the kids that's already on your team to keep them every yep. year. And supposedly kind of what also had to happen with this Auburn team and Tank Bigsby. I'm sure we all were on the ride that happened yesterday <laughs> right after the Bo Nix news came out. It then was said that Tank had entered the portal. That's what reports were out as. I don't know how that gets out there with in the way it and look, these aren't just like people talking on Twitter. These are verified accounts that are tweeting that Bigsby is in the portal. So I don't know if he officially did or didn't. I I still don't really know what's going on with that, but now the official, I guess, question mark, um, what we all know now is that he is returning and that there supposedly were conversations had about the vision and what, you know, his role in this thing would be. And it was enough for him to want to stay whatever that means whatever went into all of that I'm not sure but as of now Tank Bigsby will be returning next year so I mean yeah I think that this is 
This is a tough situation too, because we also, we still do not know who our offensive coordinator is going to be. You and I were talking about that. There's a lot of speculation that it's going to be Austin Davis, who is the quarterback's coach for the Seattle Seahawks right now. He was a QB at Southern Miss. Like you said, he spent some time in the league and, and has been a QB coach in Seattle. Um, this would be his first coordinator role. So interesting. He's, he's young, he's early thirties. So um, I'd, I'd be curious to hear kind of how that relationship transpired and, and what Harson's approach will be in all of that. Does that mean Harson starts doing the play calling? Do we have a co-OC with one of his Boise guys? I mean, there's, there's still so many um, variables that are moving and that are unknown. And then you add in the fact, okay, now your quarterback's transferring. We've already had a few others transfer like Sean Shivers. We talked about last week. So there's a lot of movement right now. And so for guys that were considering the transfer portal, potentially before all of this, you almost feel like that was a nudge to do it because there's still so many question marks that you might as well try something new, but I think that this coaching staff likely hunkered down on tank and was transparent with him about the plan that maybe we all don't know yet. And it was enough for him to, to want to stick around. And I, I don't, I think that tank wanting to leave is a bit more self-serving. I gotta be honest because he is the biggest name on Auburn's football team. And if you're just getting frustrated with the up and down, th that's football. And that's, that's not, unless you want to go play at Georgia, which is what everyone was speculating. I think him playing at Auburn or playing somewhere else, that's not affecting his draft stock. The country knows what this kid can do. So him leaving the transfer portal almost seemed like a bit of a more emotional than a logical decision. Oh, no, yeah, 100%. I, I think so, because you think about with Tank, like, you know, the guy almost had a 1,000 yards rushing his freshman year. And right. And ended up getting freshman of the year, you know, with 800-some yards rushing. And then you think about this season, you know, the offensive line was beat up a little bit, you know, had some guys in and out of there. And, you know, he still broke a 1,000 yards this season. And yeah. so if, if, you, if you're a Tank, you have to look at that and say, man, you know what, like, behind an offensive line that was kind of suspect this year because of all the injuries, I still was able to put over a thousand yards. So right. NFL, if it's for you, it's going to be there. Like they're going to see that they're going to, you know, understand that they understand what your true talent is. Now yeah. I understand that, you know, people was after Gus left, Georgia's coming at him hard. South Carolina was coming at him hard. And now the NIL played a pivotal stance in it. You don't know what he was offered and, and different things like that. But I'm just like, if you go to Georgia, you're going to be competing with more than just Hunter, you know, right. like there's two, three other bats that they have that you're going to be sharing a load with. So in order for you to get a thousand yards, it's going to be very hard because you're sharing that you're sharing it with so many different guys. Right. I was just like, okay, if you go to South Carolina, like they're still trying to build their whole football team. Yes. They end up beating us, but they end up catching us at a moment where I just think our heads were still kind of spinning a little bit. Yeah. You know, after the loss that we just had to Mississippi State, you know, where we was giving up 20 up 28 to three. Right. So I, I just think the best thing for him was to come back. And the other thing is Carnell Williams, your is your running backs coach. Guess what Carnell was drafted at? Top five in the NFL. Right. Like, you need that. You need someone that can kind of guide you and help you and that's been through it. And right. that you can get that experience from. Like, I'm not sure who's Georgia's running back coach is, but I guarantee he doesn't carry the same weight and the same stuff that Lack carries because he right. played it and actually did it where you were trying to go. And right. Lack run rookie of the year. 
he's a legend. You know so I don't understand like what, why it even popped in his mind to transfer. Right. right. Like you can't transfer because you get upset about a situation or you get upset about something. Yes. Hunter's a really good running back. Yes. Hunter going to share some carries with you. You need to know that's a running back. That's okay because if I do go to the next level, I don't want to go beat up because I carry the You're ball. You're gonna be healthier, times a game. exactly. Exactly. So it's gonna prolong my career in right. the NFL. So, right. hey, Hunter, get your twelve to fifteen carries a game. I'm gonna get my eighteen. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like, right. come on, we're gonna work together on this, and that's what these 100%. guys gotta understand. Like, you know, I think the more he gets that in his mindset, he's gonna realize because I also think they probably say, hey, we're gonna go out and get some guys and. In the JUCO as an offensive lineman and some good high school offensive lineman is coming in. Yep. And uh, you know, like they're gonna be really good. So yeah, you know, just just stay put. And I think he made the right decision by staying put. Uh, I do too. you know, and everything. So hopefully it, it works out. I think emotions got a little heightened in that one, but I'm happy to hear that it's so far. I mean, by the time I put this podcast out, watch it be completely different. He's in the portal or something. I don't think so, but uh, I, I do think it's the right decision for him, him to stick around because he will certainly be the, uh, the face of this thing. Um, okay. Another word from one of our sponsors before we get into some other Auburn news and that is Lightbox. Say goodbye to dull gifts, people. Lightbox are lab-grown diamonds that are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they have cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off and priced so they don't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. So you can visit lightboxjewelry.com to add some sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Okay, so now that we know all of that current movement, uh, it's also time to bring in some new blood, which... We need. Um, also, before we get off this one, do you want to give a prediction of where Bo ends up? Yeah, I, I can. I can probably give you two places. UCF. At yep. first, I think. At first, I thought maybe Sarkeesian out in Texas, but then once I saw then, the kid from Ohio uh-huh. State transfer there, that was supposed to be the number one quarterback in class of twenty twenty two. Yep. I think that threw a wrench in that. So now, I would probably say LSU could be one opportunity. Um, Tennessee, maybe, you know, but I'm going to stick with my guns and say UCF. I think UCF, but you know what I could see? Like what makes sense? Florida. (laughs) Ole Miss. Yeah, but Ole Miss just got the Gabriel kid from UCF, the lefty that was there. I just, I, I, Bo and Corral's gameplay is so similar. And I, what Lane Kiffin is able to do for quarterbacks, you just, you can't knock it. And it's, it's so reputable. And I don't know. I just think fit wise, like if I close my eyes, I could see Bo in like the powder blue. It just makes sense. But I think that now I actually did see a report about him going to Oregon. So I don't freaking know people. There's all kinds of stuff out there, but what is interesting though is that when he entered the portal he had a a tag that said do not contact there there's obviously different details oh, so he's already in, made his decision 
which basically means he already knows where he's going. This isn't like an open kind of recruiting type situation. So seems like it's already done, which makes me think Gus, because like you don't need time when you've got that familiarity. Well, another thing is he's probably making this, he's already made his decision. He's already, before he even announced that he had to confirm that the first, the scholarship was going to be given to him wherever he was going. Wouldn't and that you? The starting, right, and that the starting position was his before yep. he said he was coming. So that- You me, know Gus I, is rolling out the red right. carpets, all of them. So that knocks out Ole Miss. That knocks <laughs> yeah. out Tennessee. Yeah. And like I said, Florida was the opportunity, but why would you transfer somewhere within the SEC? You know I think saying? the so, swamp would be tough on him. Yeah. So I just, I just think don't it's more see like it. UCF. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, hey. Um, we'll see. Honestly, it's been so much mo- movement, not only for Auburn, really for quarterbacks, though. I mean, the portal blew up with some QBs in the last few days. We now have former Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez, who's in there. Former USC quarterback Kadon Slovis is in there. Texas A&M quarterback Zach Calzada, who I'm not going to lie, I would be okay if we got him. I'm just going to throw that out there. Ooh, I think Texas, Cal- uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. Calzada, Jay. Calzada. <laughs> you tried to make it Spanish. Calzada. I don't know, fam. I try and keep him in line. I don't, I don't know. He's not a moving. He can't move really. You know, I don't, that, I don't, I don't know. He can't move. I'm just saying, you know, like he did against if, us and Bama. I just I think given the situation we've got right now, having somebody familiar with the SEC is valuable. And I think that this kid you, showed a lot of grit. And look, I don't know what this Holden kid's going to bring in, but people are hype on him. You so, got the Holden kid and you got the Davis kid that's already yes. there that came from Houston last year. Right. That, uh, Who we you know, haven't really seen. A, right. That's a four-star coming out of high school. And then we don't even know what TJ is going to do. So... You know, there's, there's also rumors that Max Johnson from LSU is entering. I don't know. It's just been insane. Yeah. USC ended up getting Spencer Rattler. Who saw that coming? Not me. Yeah, South Carolina, huh? Look at them. Games South off. Carolina. I mean, look, Shane Beamer, I like him. I like him a lot. Oh, but he's a recruiter. He's doing his thing, but yeah. I'm a little salty. Like, why South Carolina? You know what I mean? But anyway, um, so back to the offensive coordinator for a second, because we didn't really – yeah, you write about that. Oh, I know. <laughs> Um, back to the offensive coordinator real quick. Like I mentioned rumors about Austin Davis being the front runner. I honestly expect an offer is going to be out this week from what I'm hearing thoughts on that one. Oh, Hey, this one is I'm kind of torn in between because I know Austin Davis personally. Uh, my only concern is, has he been in a coaching business long enough? to evaluate to being an offensive coordinator and you totally know, being agree. a coordinator a coordinator in the sec is totally different you know like let's just be honest and yes he's the quarterback coach at seattle but being a quarterback coach and being an offensive coordinator and calling plays is two different two different degrees and i, I just don't know if he's ready just yet, you know, but yeah. if it's a decision that they make, I honestly have to feel like if Carson makes this decision, he's going to be more involved with play calling. And I would this agree. is going to be pretty much coach Harson calling the plays and Austin Davis kind of helped design some plays and help being a quarterback's coach 
why he yep. does the play calling. So I could see that happening that way. And I could see probably why he would go that direction instead of going out and hiring like a big name OC, like Joe Brady's out there. You know, if That's he wanted to hire a guy like, if he wanted to hire a guy like Joe Brady, you know, Joe Brady wants to call the plays. Joe Brady wants to run his stuff. But if right. he go gets a guy like Austin Davis, who has zero experience at offense coordinator, then he knows I'm in complete control. Austin Davis is really my quarterback coach That's slash true. OC, but I'm in complete control of play calling and doing things the way I want to do it. Right. And look, Harson is also for all into, I mean, this is a young guy, Harson. I mean, like he's in his forties coaching in the sec. He is, he is in the business of giving people their shot. You know what I mean? And he, because he needed it and he got it. And so I think that he sees value in young bucks kind of like with the eagerness. And I don't know what the, you know, chemistry and rapport was like between Harson and Mike Bobo, but in the time that I covered them, I didn't see it. Like, I, I just didn't think it was, I, I, I didn't think they aligned in, in a lot of ways. And I think that that is so important, especially early on in building this program. He's got to have guys around him that click and that, and that are, are seeing this thing together. That became an issue with Gus Malzahn. Like Malzahn and Kevin Steele, as we all know, we're just operating on completely different islands. Like they, they had nothing to do with each other. And I think at some point that starts to rear its ugly head. Like you have to have cohesion. I understand respecting each other's position and ability to handle each side, uh, you know, but for what Harson is doing right now and how early he is in his tenure at Auburn, I do think it's important that the staff have cohesion together and that he has guys around him that he is having his imprint on. And, and he's kind of got a feel of it, especially on the offensive side, because that is his bread and butter. So I kind of think it makes sense for him to go for a, a younger up and coming guy that is still willing to be molded a little bit. He's not going to be super set in his ways like Bobo was. So I think that that's going to be what happens. It's, it's the source that I've seen the most. It's, it kind of tracks for what I think Harson is going to want to do moving forward, whether it pans out. Cause look, it is a risk. There is risk associated with, with taking a shot on an, on a new guy. The re, the reward could be very high though. So we'll wait and see, but that's, that's the latest that I've heard anyway. Um, we are also on the brink of early, early signing period. And it does seem like there's been a lot of movement and a lot of, of traction, which is fantastic for this program. Um, we have had a flip offensive lineman, Drew Bobo flipped from Auburn to Georgia. Don't think anyone was surprised once his dad, obviously Mike Bobo was let go. But other than that, uh, we did end up getting four-star running back Damari Alston, which was huge. He took a visit at Michigan state this past weekend. So everybody was kind of like, does that mean he's reconsidering Auburn, whatever, but he reaffirmed his commitment to Auburn on Twitter solid on that one. Um, four-star defensive back, Austin Osbury, Osbury chose Auburn over LSU, which is where his dad played. So he's a legacy at LSU and he still chose Auburn, which is awesome. Four-star quarterback, Holden Gariner. I got to learn how to name these kids at some point, but whatever. We'll wait until they're officially on campus. Um, But honestly, just go Google kind of where things are standing right now if you want a list of names. But we're it's it feels like it's steadily moving, which is I'll take it. You know what I mean? Steady movements better than no movement. All right. 
No, I, like I said, you know, I'm hearing some really good reports about the signing class that's supposed good. to sign tomorrow. You know, we'll know by 10 a.m. <laughs> some of these kids, Crazy. The, the letter of attend is signed in the morning at 6 a.m. that they can start. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was supposed to have been trying to host that show in Auburn, but unfortunately, you know, I have other plans that I have to do, so I couldn't, I couldn't get down there. Uh, so Got another birthday trip? <laughs> no, no, no. You know, <laughs> so... But you know, I, this is this is if it lines up the way I think it's going to line up. Does that mean Auburn's going to do a lot better than people have thought of? Uh, I think so too. You know, Coach Coach Harson coming to this area, haven't really ever recruited this area. I'm pretty sure he had to lean heavily on Zach Etheridge, you know, Cadillac, and uh, you know, guys has been here before Trayvon Reed. Uh, yeah, you know, you have to lean on a lot He's of these guys. Crushing, Brett, right? So. You know, these guys, you have to get guys that can relate to these younger guys. And they're not too far removed. You know, they're still right. in their 30s. They're still in their 30s. So they can still, right. like, know how to hone in on these kids. And these kids kind of can say, okay, this coach gets it. You know, he understands. And I want to go play for this coach. So yeah, I think a lot of that is it has been they've been hitting the ground running really hard over the last couple of weeks. And I, I honestly think the Iron Bowl helped a lot of this. I really do because – we was at a point we was reeling a little bit, you know, we yeah. had lost uh, Mississippi State, South Carolina, you know, testing in before the state game. And we was reeling a little bit and we needed something. Like, right, you know, we needed something. And those kids came out, fought their butt so hard against Alabama. And I think the the kids saw that in the stands. Oh, the stands were electric. And these kids yeah. are all about that. You know, and once they saw how the lights was flickering and, and the, you know, just the crowd all into it and, you so know how cool. you just took basically the number one team all the way into overtime. Like when they saw that, I think they was just like, you know what? I, I want to come here because I feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's how I chose Auburn was off that family type atmosphere. Game was electric. We actually lost to Alabama that game that I was at, but yep. it was a hard fought game and Alabama was ranked like top five. And a lot of us was there. Like the guys I told you in the beginning of the other episode, we was all right. there and we all committed. You know, so the atmosphere has a lot to do with kids coming to your school, win or lose. But mostly in a loss, they get a chance to see your attitude the most as a fan base. And I think a lot of those kids liked it. And that's why they choose to come to Auburn. I also think that you look at it and you see this is an opportunity that I could be a difference maker. I could really add something to this place. Like the foundation is, is there, but I could come in here and make a name for myself. Like you could add success to Alabama. Nobody's going to know who you are because there's just success all over the place. You know what I mean? So I think that there's value in ambitious kids looking at Auburn and going, I could be what they're missing. And that should excite you if you're really a, a hard-nosed competitor. So I'm hopeful that this is is going to be the start of that. We've already kind of had some some big names that are are big gets for this program. We also got a, a JUCO guy the other yeah which is awesome and so I think that the more you start seeing those pieces add in the more productive this whole period of the year becomes because early signing period is December 15th through 17th but you've also got late signing whatever the heck we're freaking calling it in February (laughs) so it's not like it's this week or bust there's still movement that that will transpire now are you surprised that he didn't try and have an OC lockdown before early signing period Oh yeah, most definitely. But Me I think too. that's if he that's if he thought Bo was going to stay. You know, I think if he oh, figured okay. out if, if Bo was his guy, yeah, and this is who he's rolling with, then the need and importance to to get an OC would have been like 
really high. But I think the right. fact that it goes to really tell me that he's ultimately going to be the play caller. This is what it's telling me because I'm pretty sure he sat down and talked to Tank and said, Tank, I, I don't want you to leave because I'm going to be the OC pretty much. That's so true. Anyone that I'm bringing in is just someone to kind of manage the things. But he doesn't the need guy. the OC to sell right. the plan. The plan's right. already the plan. Plan's already the plan. Got so that's it. That's what this is telling me. Makes sense. Yeah. Man, see, we work things out on this podcast. It's what we do. <laughs> Real quickly before we close out, let's get a little basketball update because Auburn's men basketball is number 13 in the AP poll, climbing five spots. We beat Nebraska 99 to 68 without Bruce Pearl, obviously, serving the first of a two-game suspension from the NCAA. That's going to conclude with the home game against North Alabama happening tonight, Tuesday. Um, So that's part of a punishment that was doled out as part of a four-year investigation into Auburn's program as a result of then-assistant coach Chuck Person's arrest back in 2017, all of that. Everybody was like, wait, what are we on probation for? It happened forever ago, so we all forgot. And honestly, the, uh, the punishment... I think everyone can kind of breathe a sigh of relief because it could have been a lot worse, basically. Um, But anyway, so incredibly exciting to see the team rally the way they did and respond, even without Coach Pearl there. Um, They're on a five-game win streak, and the average margin of victory is 20 points in that five-game win streak. So this team's team's on fire right now, Jay, and I know you love it. Oh, yeah, I'm a basketball guy. Everybody knows. I know you You If you don't know, you know now. But I'm a basketball guy. (laughs) I pay attention. I was even in Miami and I found time to sit there and watch the Auburn game versus Nebraska. And yeah, you know, just watching this team, like they're really getting better and trying to make shot the shot selection, you know, like uh, yeah. there was a question mark early in the year was, you know, some of our shots was kind of big, huge questions, like coming at the wrong time. You know, I, I think they're kind of figuring out like, okay, I, I know coach Pearl likes to let us just run and shoot but we need to be smarter about when we're shooting some of these shots from long range, when we're yeah. up so many points and there's so much time on the clock, you know, let's be, let's, let's be a little smarter. So I think the team's getting better. I think, you know, green Willie green jr. I think he's, he's doing a better job. And uh, I think he's loves to push the pace of the court of the basketball. I think that really works in Bruce's favor. Uh, you, you talk about a guy like Jabari Smith, Everyone can see why this guy's a top five uh, NF- NBA draft pick. Right? Yeah. You know, he's 16, he can shoot, uh, he can handle the basketball. Like, I think he's coming into his own now. He's getting a lot of confidence. Kevin Durant was at the game Saturday watching them. Uh, Casual. Sitting courtside. Yeah, sitting courtside, you know, with, you know, jumpsuit on with eating the box of nachos. <laughs> 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 you know, $300 million. Normal dude. Some nachos and cheese on the side last. So, <laughs> You know, I guess I'm the only one to care about trying to eat right during the season. And I guess basically 611, maybe 175 pounds. You know, you pretty much you don't care. You eat. There you <laughs> go. So, you know, he was there. So I'm pretty sure that kind of amped up the guys like, hey, man, we got one of the best players in the NBA watching us. Of course, 100%. So, you know, more people are going to pay attention to this program. Like yeah. the biggest thing that Auburn got that I was excited to see on that list was that they don't get any bans from postseason. Like right. if they would have got yeah. bands from postseason, that would have crushed because that hurts you're recruiting. Gonna, you're gonna lose five star recruits because yep. they all want to play in the NCAA tournament. They all want to have opportunity to win a national championship. You know, even if they're one and done, they want to have a chance to just smell it. And of uh, course. So, you know, so that was huge for us. And like I said, Bruce Pearl, two games he missed, Nebraska and North Alabama. 
hopefully we still should be able to walk out on the court and win those two games. You know, so, right. You know, so the timing was right on Hope that. So. And it didn't catch us in January where it's SEC play. We got to go play Kentucky or you got to go play so Arkansas true. or you got to play LSU. Texas A&M is a good basketball. Like the SEC is going to be loaded this year. Alabama is ranked in the top 10 in basketball. Like what is going on? You know what I'm saying? What's so. Happening? SEC basketball is back. SEC football yeah. is coming back because Tennessee got better this year. Florida, I don't know what happened this year, but we'll see if, you know, with the new coach, they become better. So the maybe East USC. Yeah, maybe USC, South Carolina now. Maybe they get better. So I just think the SEC right now is a really good place from top to bottom. Uh, I think we're going in the right direction. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to watch this basketball team play in January because that's when it gets fun it's not oh yeah right now but when you get January, if we don't lose the UConn in double overtime we're probably we're ranked at, number seven right now yeah that's our only loss right yeah that's our only loss in double overtime to crazy to so if you win that game you're probably going to play Michigan State the next game and then you beat Michigan State you know, we did beat Loyola, which are a great basketball team. They go to yeah. the NCAA tournament every year. Yeah. And then we beat them. But if you to play Michigan State and you beat Michigan State and you're 8 or 9-0 and right now, you're definitely in the top 10. That's and, so uh, crazy. So. What a time, you know? What a what time. time. Not slowing down anytime soon either. So uh, thank you very much, everybody, for hanging with us as we catch you up on what's been going on. Obviously, we got a bowl game coming up. The Tigers will be in the Birmingham Bowl facing Houston. So that's going to be an exciting one. Your girl will be the sideline reporter on the game. So I'm super excited to cover them one more time. If you can't come out to the game, make sure you tune in ESPN and watch. Uh, Jason's also going to be there too. So we'll have another reunion, but uh, we'll break down that matchup, I guess, next week. Yeah. yeah December 28th after Christmas. So next week is Christmas next Friday. Next Friday is Christmas, I think. We'll have to do our and, episode early. Yeah, we'll do an episode like Monday or Tuesday. Monday or everybody. Tuesday. But, uh, Preview I the bowl game. You, what, though? The what? bowl game should be – it's going to be really fun because it's in a brand-new stadium. So, yep. Auburn fans, I understand that this may not have been the bowl game that you wanted. Baby. But at the same time, this, Make stadium the most of it. Better, this stadium is better than the Music City Bowl Stadium. Okay, yeah. So, and it's an so, easy drive for everybody. So transportation right. should be easy. Just make it happen, so, you know? Get out, support these guys, help them get a victory in a bowl game because over the last several years, we have not been good in bowl games. So we need to no. get out and win going into the 2022 season the right way. Totally. I'm with you on that. We will make sure to preview that matchup, get you ready for it next week. So we hope that you join us here on Believe in Everything Auburn. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe. If you haven't already, you can uh, do that in the podcast app and you'll get a notification every time we release an episode. You can also find us in the Believe website, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us. Uh, so thank you very much for following along. Thank you for being understanding if we don't put out an episode every week, like we've had to do a couple of times, but overall, we're pretty, uh, we're pretty good about this, so we appreciate your patience. But anyway, for Jason Campbell, I'm Taylor Davis. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're Eagle. We're Eagle from the rooftop out of the office. Peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.